Republicans to wake up. Is what the Republican Party right now is not led by conservatives. There's a population out there that has to be told the truth. Um, we have to. Do it live! Now, from the left coast, it's another podcast edition of the Peter B. Collins Show. Peter B. is curious, opinionated, and relentless in pursuit of the truth like a honeybee drawn to pollen. He's an independent progressive, ready to sting Republicans and Democrats alike when they deserve it. After years in commercial radio, Peter B. welcomes you to this audio adventure in news and politics with no corporate filter. Listeners support this program, and you can help at PeterBCollins.com. Here's your humble host, Peter B. Welcome to this edition of the Peter B. Collins Show, supported by listeners like David Paulson, Christopher Welsh, and Dan Blick. They are voluntary monthly subscribers. You can help, too. Just go to my website at peterbcollins.com, and on the homepage on the right-hand side, click You Can Help. Our voluntary subscriptions start as little as, or as low as $5 a month. There is a massive oil slick developing along the Gulf Coast and threatening the coastal areas from New Orleans over to Florida. And the intrepid investigative reporter Jason Leopold from Truthout.org has dug into the story and, as usual, come up with a lot of fresh information. And we'll get to Jason in just a moment, but I thought as long as we're down there along the south coast, we'd roll out Dr. John. This is a song called Black Gold. If you really want to know what this war is all about, take it from this coney, there really ain't no doubt. Gonna say what's in my heart That's my voice so manly right I got a half a mind To talk all day and night My black gold politicians Tell our soul But taste of that black gold I came to be so gold Politicians sell our soul for black gold? Jason Leopold returns from truthout.org, and we're talking today about a story published on April 30 with the headline, Whistleblower, BP Risks More Massive Catastrophes in Gulf. Jason, welcome back to our program. Thanks, Peter, for having me. Good to be back. And uh, before we dive into some of the great reporting that you've done here to bring new information to light, um, the Obama White House has to be uh, going through conniptions over this because... Obama broke with the uh, environmentalists and progressives in the party who had fought for over 30 years to hold on to uh, limits on offshore drilling and outright bans, uh, particularly along the coast here in California. And right. while California is still uh, not uh, open season for new offshore drilling, uh, we can see that on, uh, on the horizon. And so I'm just curious from your point of view and with what you're about to tell us, are they having a brownie meltdown where the uh, the White House trusted British Petroleum 
to handle the spill, took their earlier uh, uh, representations that they had it under control at face value. And do we have a, 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 a crisis uh, of a PR nature at the White House right now? I think there's definitely the crisis of the PR nature hasn't actually, in my opinion, reached the crisis point yet. I think that there's still that denial stage uh, at the White House. I mean, you know, yesterday they said that uh, Obama was going to continue to move forward with his uh, uh, plans for offshore drilling. Today, David Axelrod said that uh, they won't make any moves until this investigation is complete. And, you know, I just don't think that the Obama administration uh, certainly is educated enough on, certainly on issues related to BP on offshore drilling. Uh, it's become more of a, you know, a political maneuver as opposed to uh, addressing the environmental uh, and, and safety issues associated with, you know, with this. Uh, and, you know, that's a big problem because, uh, first of all, uh, as this bill has demonstrated, um, you know, you have companies like BP that have cut back, you know, drastically on safety measures. And unfortunately, this is going to be, you know, uh, a lesson, a lesson learned on, uh, you know, what you need to sort of look out for when you grant, you know, mega corporations like BP, you know, licenses to, uh, you know, to start drilling and production. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that, um, you know, the White House is basically does not want to completely back off because they don't want to uh, show any sign of defeat, if you will, but they're defeated. You know, Senator Ben Nelson said that uh, any energy bill that, you know, hits the uh, Senate, uh, hits the floor, the Senate that includes uh, offshore drilling is dead on arrival. Um, ben Nelson know. said that? Uh, yeah. Wow. I'm, uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, it is Ben Nelson. And that's uh, that's Ben, not Bill, because Bill represents Florida. I may stand corrected, Peter. Okay. Because um, Ben Nelson's that, uh, you know, almost yes, Republican right. from, uh, uh, what, Nebraska. Correct. So it's Bill Nelson, the former astronaut. Right. Well, and, and that's that's a step forward for him. He's a very conservative Democrat um, and uh, a kind of drill baby drill kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, like I said, Axelrod said uh, this morning, uh, you know, quote, no domestic drilling in new areas is going to go forward until there is an adequate review of what happened here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Obama administration or Obama continues to state that, uh, you know, he is in support of offshore drilling as long as it's done safely. Well, you know, that's such a strange thing to say because, you know, of course you'd want it to be done safely. And I think that these companies have sort of, you know, tried to demonstrate that that's what they've been doing. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the regulatory bodies that are supposed to oversee uh, uh, this and, and, and conduct thorough inspections, their, their rules are, are, are you know, the, the, they've loosened up their rules quite a bit. You know, Department of Interior. Um, and with BP, we're seeing right now that, uh, you know, their, their backup uh, uh, safety measures just appear to, um, 
not have been uh, working properly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, it's, you know, it comes down to politics. It comes down to, you know, Obama has always, you know, tried to uh, appease the, uh, you know, the, the right, you know, much to the chagrin of uh, environmentalists when it comes to offshore drilling, in my opinion. And well, part yeah. Of the and reason, by the way, I should say is that, you know, one, one of the things regarding offshore drilling, when, when he spoke out in support of it, you know, just uh, some weeks or uh, months back, uh, it was, was basically in hopes of getting the climate bill passed. So, you know, this is an administration, this is not, you know, th- th- that's why I say it's a political maneuver. I mean, they're willing to make, you know, uh, concessions, uh, you know, at the expense of the environment or environmentalists uh, in order to get legislation through. I mean, the White House still operates. You know, it's, it's interesting that you've got Rahm Emanuel and Obama there because they still operate as if they're both in, you know, in the, in the Senate or in Congress. And I guess in a, in a sense that if you want to get your, you know, your agenda through, you, you have to do that. But, um, you know, they're, 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 in my opinion, they're not taking into consideration, uh, you know, the people, first of all, that got them elected, and they're just literally throwing them under the bus. Well, and, and Jason, what I see here are clear contradictions that in order to pass climate change legislation, we're going to expand exploration and uh, production of one of the key contributors to right. carbon emissions. Right. And, and likewise, this uh, uh, you know, embrace of so-called clean coal, which I consider to be a flat-out lie, yeah. um, that's undermined by the most recent West Virginia uh, mining disaster at Massey Energy. And so we, we have real problems here where we're trying to trade away things that clearly contribute to greenhouse gases and climate change in order to pass a climate change bill that, if it's anything like what came out of the House, House last year, the Waxman bill, will do very little, uh, at least in the initial stages, right. to reduce the spewing of that shit into the air. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's true. I mean, look, you know, this... What's very interesting to me is that, you know, Obama's energy platform, if you will, his proposals, um, to some degree really matched what John McCain had been proposing when he was on the campaign trail. And, And I actually wrote about this. And John McCain's proposals, when he was on the campaign trail, were identical to Dick Cheney's energy proposals. Wow. So... If you really take a, a hard look at what, you know, if, if you cut through the sort of, uh, you know, niceties and, and, and the, 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 you know, uh, facade of the populism, you know, uh, that, uh, you know that, that, that Obama sort of uh, shows there in a sense, you know, what you'll really see is, you know, a real aggressive sort of, uh, you know, drill baby drill uh, attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he may not be saying that, um, but that's certainly, you know, wh- uh, what he's proposing. And, um, you know, and that's important, you know, to keep that in mind, because that's, that's really not what we had expected. Uh, and I think that this is, you know, this is just going to be uh, another difficulty or, for, you know, this administration uh, to get its agenda through. I mean, 
you know, just, just to stay on the, on, on the politics side of this for a moment, every single thing, um, as far as I'm concerned, and I, and I think that in the past year we've seen it, when it comes to legislation uh, that this administration has wanted to pass, has come with a concession, a major concession, okay, to, uh, or in order to try and get Republicans on board. And well, and, and what's purely infuriating about this, Jason, is that they never got those votes. They traded, they negotiated with themselves, and, exactly. and never extracted concessions or support from the other side. Right, they never have. And, and you know, now we're going to be, you know, dealing with uh, the fact that, well, if, you know, a bill hits the floor and, you know, an energy bill and it, and, and it has a, you know, offshore drilling and it's dead on arrival, well, you know, Republicans will say, well, we're, we're not going to support it. Um, and I don't think that they ever would have, you know, supported it to begin with. Uh, so it, it, it remains to be seen whether, you know, this administration, whether this Congress and, and, and Senate will be just as aggressive in getting uh, backing uh, uh, support for such a bill uh, you know, like they did with health care, to get it passed. I think the difference here is that you have so many lawmakers who are so closely tied in with energy companies mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, there may be some, if you want to call them, you know, uh, environmental advocates. advocates. Um, I, I think that if you start looking at... Uh, you know, who their contributors are, you'll see in each and every one of them, you know, they're, they're tied in with this industry. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it's an important industry for them. So I don't even think that we'd have necessarily Republicans. I think right now, you know, Bill Nelson, which you were right, by the way, it was, it was Bill Nelson, mm-hmm. you know, he's making a statement, and I think that, uh, you know, his statement is uh, everyone's outraged by this bill, and it's, it's a disaster. It's, it's, it's a huge disaster. I mean, Florida declaring a, you know, a state of emergency mm-hmm. uh, as a result. But, um, you know, this is, this is, to me, it's not much of a, of a surprise, particularly when you look at, first of all, the company operating, you know, the drilling rig, BP, right. and you just look at their long list of, a, you know, uh, of disasters, particularly in Prudhoe Bay, in Alaska's North Slope. I mean, this is a company that has, you know, a felony conviction, two felony convictions, mm-hmm. one for a Texas refinery explosion, you know, and uh, uh, another for, uh, you know, uh, another spill uh, in dumping, a, you know, hazardous waste, uh, pleading guilty to a misdemeanor due to, um, you know, ruptured pipelines that they didn't uh, right. uh, address. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a judge, federal judge telling them, you know, that, uh, you know, he characterized in, the, in that case that, that uh, you know, it was a serious crime. So you have, you know, a company that should be closely monitored, closely monitored. And, you know, in this latest story that I put out, uh, you know, that, that was published today, you know, here we have a whistleblower, and I'm looking at documents, you know, and, and these are real valid you know, concerns. Now, BP, of course, you know, denies everything. Um, but, you know, it, it, it sort of fits in with the, you know, the pattern. I mean, 
that over the years, everything that we have come to know about the way BP's operations have worked, um, or I should say the, the you know, the, the, the failure of its uh, internal operation has been the result of, of whistleblowers. Whistleblowers um, have been responsible for exposing, uh, you know, these flaws. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was as a result of the, you know, these whistleblowers that BP installed an ombudsman, you know, to take complaints because the company was retaliating against whistleblowers. Uh, you know, they did that, by the way, back in September of 2006, just days before, you know, executives were testifying, were, were due to testify before Congress about a spill in, the, in Alaska's North Slope that forced the shutdown of, uh, of Prudhoe Bay, which mm-hmm. actually you and I spoke about at the time. I remember. You know? Now, so, now Jason, let me give our listeners a quick uh, sketch here, because we're going to talk about two different uh, offshore rigs, and I, I just want this to be clear. Sure. The Deepwater Horizon is the one that blew up, uh, killed 11 workers, has produced this massive spill. It's owned by a Swiss company called Transocean Limited. Right. It's leased to British Petroleum. Right. And your story focuses on safety and disclosure issues related to a nearby platform uh, called the Atlantis. Correct. And Deepwater Horizon is only 40 miles uh, offshore uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. Atlantis is further out, about 200 miles uh, off of, uh, of the coast of New Orleans. Right, right. But, and, uh, and tell us, are, are these platforms similar in their technology and design? They're very similar in technology and design. I mean, first of all, Atlantis is, is producing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's in production. It began production in October 2007. You know, it's got the capacity to produce about 8.4 um, a million gallons of oil. Actually, I, I, I may have to change that. Uh, uh, and 180 million cubic feet of uh, natural gas. Uh, Every day? Per day. That's yeah. a lot. This, this is the world's largest and deepest uh, oil and natural gas platform. Mm-hmm. Semi-submersible oil and natural gas platform. I mean, this, you know, th- th- this is something that uh, could possibly, it, it, first of all, I should add that, you know, the whistleblower's concerns were not taken very seriously in terms of what he was saying that the uh, engineering documents and design documents to ensure safety, you know, that this, that this facility, facility uh, this rig platform is operating safety, uh, safely is, has not been taken seriously by the federal government. And it was after, you know, a year of pressuring, um, you know, Department of, uh, of Interior uh, that uh, they finally, uh, and, and with the help of uh, about 19 members of Congress, that uh, there's now an investigation into this, into what the whistleblower has been, you know, claiming. So there's a lot of similarities, um, first of all, because it's, you know, it's operating in the Gulf, so it's, it's, the design is, is somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. The mode in which they, you know, extract oil and uh, natural gas, uh, you know, similar. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 it all, it, it just happens to be much bigger. It's the world's largest. And, um, and is, it, is it deeper? Do you know that? Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's uh, 
far deeper. In fact, because uh, I think Horizon that. Horizon uh, is about a thousand feet deep. Is is what I recall reading. Yeah, this is about seven thousand feet deep. Holy shit! Let me. Um, how, how the hell do you? I, I mean, you can only approach it with uh, these uh, submarines, right? And so all of the work has to be done robotically. That I mean, just on the face of it, that sounds outrageous. Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> it's very difficult to uh, to imagine. And yes, it is a hundred eight point four uh, million gallons of oil, uh, one hundred eighty. A million cubic feet of um, uh, of natural gas per day, and uh, I will get you the uh, you know the accurate uh, accurate uh, uh, number or depth, if you will, mm-hmm. okay. uh, of that. But um, it, I mean, this is a this appears to be you know a catastrophe in the making, and and you know there are there are some similarities. To uh, you know, the safety issues being being leveled uh, at Atlantis and what we've seen happen at um, at Deepwater. Now, first of all, this whistleblower first raised these, you know, uh, leveled these charges back in uh, 2008. Um, you know, he's a contractor. Uh, you know, still uh, he uh, was fired um, uh, for you know what this. What the person believes is a uh, you know retaliating uh, against uh, uh, the, the his complaint, mm-hmm. and um, you know some of the similarities have to do with uh, what would be with, with BP uh, with Deepwater. Uh, what we understand is that there was a failure of a blowout preventer to shut off the flow of oil on the drilling leg. On the mm-hmm. drilling rig, right. uh, and and the lack of backup safety measures here, okay, um, where, from what I understand, the um, there isn't a adequate backup safety measure in place. Certainly, uh, an independent engineer said requires a, uh, an update. Uh, so it's you know it's not even up to date that measure uh, or that. Uh, uh, that aspect of it, uh, and then there are questions about the uh, functionality of the blowout preventer um, on Atlantis, which were which was raised last year. Uh, that the Department of the Interior uh, has uh, you know checked into. So uh, I think that you know it's really important, obviously, for. Uh, you know, for the government to take a, a you know a look at this, uh, particularly given you know the disaster that uh, that happened here. And, and and Jason, let me let me lift a couple of quotes from your article yeah. here. And again, I'm stressing this is related to the Atlantis platform, which is still functioning, but it chillingly uh, reads uh, like it could apply to Deepwater Horizon. Uh, quote. This could lead to catastrophic operator errors due to their assuming that drawings are cor- correct. There's a huge deficiency in the, uh, the drawings and uh, other uh, technical data uh, available to the people who operate the platform. Then you uh, quote Mike Sawyer, who is an engineer with Apex Safety Consultants, and he evaluated all of this information, looked into the whistleblower's allegation, and concluded 
that 85% of the subsea components on Atlantis have not received engineer approval, and 95% of Atlantis' subsea welding records did not receive final approval. Right. Sawyer went on to say that BP's widespread pattern of unapproved design, testing, and inspection documentation on the Atlantis project creates a risk of a catastrophic incident threatening the Gulf of Mexico deepwater environment and the safety of platform workers. I mean, that's prophetic uh, it really re- is, regarding Deepwater Horizon. He said, yeah, it, it, absolutely. You know, he said that back in May of 2009. And, uh, you know, this whistleblower had been working, you know, uh, specifically on this project. And, you know, I, I quoted some, some, even some BP officials, people who worked, uh, you know, uh, still work at, uh, at BP on this project, who are saying the same thing. I mean, this is, this is a pattern with this company. I mean, this company has, you know, uh, this, this company has cut costs, you know, at the expense of safety and the environment. We've seen it in Alaska. You know, I think that, you know, when this investigation is complete uh, in um, uh, that, that, that's currently taking place uh, with uh, Deepwater, you know, we're going to see, uh, I, I believe, you know, some criminal charges being filed. Because, first of all, you know, it's a tragedy to begin with. Um, you know, the explosion, it sank, uh, it killed 11 workers. And, you know, the problem is is that the backup safety measures, you know, it's just so funny uh, in, in, in a way that that's the issue that came up here, that, that Congress and Henry Waxman you know, has even uh, decided to take a look at. He's the, you know, chairman of the Energy and and, and Commerce Committee Mm -hmm. because that was the first, you know, that that was some of the questions that that were raised. And I I know that there are whistleblowers out there who are associated with this this project who have already, you know, been out there contacting, you know, the media saying, you know, I've raised, uh, you know, concerns about this. They haven't gone, uh, uh, they haven't been addressed. And uh, sure enough, you know, you have BP issuing denials left and right. But as we saw with Alaska, where there were more than 100 whistleblowers writing letters to Congress, to even President Bush, you know, and taking their complaints directly to uh, Lord John Brown, uh, who was the head of BP at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, they were retaliated against, you know, and uh, and, and in some cases fired. And uh, we... Later on, after investigation, saw that uh, BP failed to, you know, uh, uh, maintain, uh, you know, safety measures uh, on its pipeline. Valves, safety valves were non-operational. Um, and I think that we're going to see that here. Uh, you know, this was, um, as I said, uh, what, uh, what Congressman Henry Waxman is looking at. You know, he wants documents related to the inspections on Deepwater Horizon um, particularly related to the uh, uh, what's called the acoustic shutoff switches. And um, over at Atlantis, there's you know, questions being raised about a similar sort of uh, uh, safety backup measure that's supposed to kick in if, uh, if a well uh, starts to leak. Uh, now, that, now Jason, I think it's fair to say that neither you nor I have experience with uh, oil drilling or the engineering aspects of this. But if you can put it in simple terms... Uh, they, they drill a hole, oil comes out of it. They capture that by putting a pipe over it. Correct. 
And in this case, we had a surface explosion that uh, has now led to a failure uh, at the bottom of the, the gulf there where the uh, pipe would, would go in to capture um, the oil and, and, I suppose, natural gas that uh, is, is available there. And it's under a great deal of pressure. And uh, so it uh, will just gurgle out of there, just like on the Beverly Hillbillies, uh, <laughs> uh, un- until you can stop it. Right. So what, what are the possibilities and what corners did BP possibly cut here in not providing for an emergency shutoff or a cap of some sort right. that would go into place under the circumstances that have just occurred? Their, their regulations, you know, federal regulations are somewhat loose in the sense that they may not be, we, we don't know yet, it's still a bit unclear, they may not be required to have, you know, these specific safety measures in place. Um, although other oil companies, believe it or not, do have that uh, and do use these sort of um, automatic shutoff switches, you know, these blowout preventers, and in, in BP's case, they, they were using that it just for some reason was malfunctioning uh and what that suggests is that you know the inspection um on this blowout preventer uh may have been um you know, the, the, a failure of the inspection i should note that bp said that 10 days before you know uh they tested this blowout preventer it was working fine um well and and mass massy with that that you know in other cases, we've not, we we have seen, particularly as I said in Alaska, that they said, "Well, these you know safety valves are working too." Well, they they, they also tell us in the West Virginia mine disaster that they had checked for methane uh, within a couple of hours before the blast. Right. So uh, right. I have a hard time believing the representations of uh, companies who are in this kind of a uh, uh, an attempt to manage a crisis. Yeah, and what the whistleblower is alleging here is that when the you know, uh, agency of the Department of the Interior went out to inspect this, uh, or, or at least to look into his complaints. Uh, BP provided all the documents, uh, certainly, you know, these engineering and design documents to make sure that, uh, you know, uh, uh, this was operating the, the, the way that the you know, designs have shown and that, uh, you know, safety measures were in place. But, you know, his attorney has, has alleged they, they didn't get a full set of the documents. Um, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen, you know, what will come out of um, this investigation uh, because I think that given, you know, given the whistleblower's allegations uh, and, and just looking at BP's history and now with, um, you know, with, with the Deepwater Horizon explosion and this, this spill that is just, you know, spectacular in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, how many square miles it's, it's covered so far, and it's already washing up ashore. Well, and the volume is about five times what BP initially reported. Right, right. So, uh, you know, this, this is, I, I think that we're, gonna, we're, we're going to see some, you know, changes in, in, in regulation, and I, and I think that the investigation will will include, you know, the, um, uh, the uh, Minerals Management Service, 
uh, services, you know, which regulates offshore drilling practices. Well, they were probably they're looked in. They're going to be looked into, and they did not address these, you know, the whistleblowers' complaints here. Well, they were probably sitting around watching porn with their SEC counterparts. <laughs> you know, you know, that uh, that certainly would not be a surprise. And and by the way, you know, the the funny thing is, is that uh, Karen Westall, who is a uh, uh, part of uh, BP's Gulf of Mexico uh, legal team, she wrote a letter back in January. Um, to Deborah Lanzone, who was the uh, staff director with the House Subcommittee on Energy and Minerals, uh, related to the uh, you know the allegations leveled by you know the whistleblower and um, this public advocacy advocacy group uh, called Food and Water Watch, and you know she said that uh, she noted that just FYI, you know the uh, Minerals Management Services had uh, given us the uh, Safe, uh, safety, uh, top safety awards back in 2009. All eight BP-operated Gulf of Mexico production facilities received safety awards from them in 2009. And I think that given the disaster with Deepwater Horizon and the fact that these safety measures that we understand were in existence but failed, um, that is going to raise you know serious questions. And it's going to certainly with regard to, you know, the inspection. And I think that, you know, your point uh, on, you know, the SEC watching porn um, is, is certainly funny, but it's also, you know, serious in the sense that while Bernie Madoff and uh, uh, Alan Sanford were, you know, getting away with, uh, uh, you know, robbing, robbing people blind, uh, you know, the SEC just, just, just paid little attention to it. Well, and, uh, and we have the failure of self-regulation. You know, this has been the exactly. mantra since Clinton uh, went into office, that deregulation is good, that companies are uh, responsible stewards of, of their uh, resources, and, and it's just so much bullshit. And they do cut corners even at a time when they are making uh, record and horrendous profits. Right. So you, you cannot make any excuse. These oil companies are not strapped. They don't have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, cut corners on the regulations and the processes and the safety measures. But they do. Right. And uh, right, it's true. I we, mean, you know, by the way, uh, you know, um, Representative Grahalva, uh, Raul Grahalva mm-hmm. of uh, Arizona. Yeah, we better we better check his papers, but go ahead. <laughs> well, he sent uh, you know a letter um, to uh, Minerals and Management Services back in February, uh, you know, asking for this investigation. And, and, you know, one thing that he noted was that um, you know the communi- um, This is a quote from him: is that uh, from the letter that the communications between MMS. And congressional staff have suggested that while BP, by law, must maintain these uh, so-called as-built documents, um, there's no requirement that such documents be complete or accurate. That's that's a quote. I mean, that's that's hmm. exactly what um, you know what, what what this agency of the Department of Interior had said is that yeah, you're supposed to have these you know important engineering documents. But yeah, there's nothing that uh, says that you you know, you need to have it, and uh, uh, that uh, uh, they have to be accurate. Mm-hmm. So 
that just underscores their, you know, the regulatory uh, issues associated with this. And Jason, your article offers us two examples of why BP's ombudsman program cannot be taken seriously. One is that the whistleblower, uh, uh, a particular whistleblower related to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, complained via email to the ombudsman uh, about, this was back in March of 2009. Uh, oh, oh, let me let me correct myself. I thought it was about Prudhoe Bay, but it, it actually is a whistleblower that you're citing but not naming about Atlantis. Right. And it says that uh, he emailed the ombudsperson and it was a month after his contract was abruptly terminated for reasons he believes were directly related to his complaints to management about BP's failure to obtain the engineering documents on Atlantis. And he says, uh, as a side measure, uh, that he stood up for a female employee who was being discriminated against and harassed. And the other piece of it is that uh, here you quote uh, one of the assistants uh, in the whistleblower office, uh, Billy Perner Guard, the deputy ombudsman, writing uh, basically that uh, the whistleblower's claims um, that uh, BP had failed to provide proper documentation were substantiated and then addressed by a BP management of change document. <laughs> So they're they're busy investigating and then sweeping under the rug exactly. the claims and, and that the come way, forward. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And it's true that uh, you know this is a failure, at least from what I've seen on this, uh, you know, from the ombudsman, uh, the way that they you know deal with these issues. Um, and by the way, I think that we've we've certainly seen uh, you know the way the New York Times handles you know uh, New York Times ombudsman you know deals with. Uh, uh, issues when it, uh, such as Acorn, right. you know, when it's presented, yeah. when they're presented with that. But in this case, you know, he even said that uh, the ombudsman said that the whistleblower um, basically said, "This is what's so funny that he he wasn't really a whistleblower. He did not blow the whistle, quote, uh, because other people had been complaining." about what the whistleblower was complaining about, about the uh, lack of uh, uh, the document deficiencies that would require, you know, this, this, this platform to run safely. You know, other people before, during, and after he worked there had made the same complaints. So on one hand, he's trying to say, hey, you're not a whistleblower because everyone else is talking about this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet then you have BP. I mean, that's the funny thing which is, uh, you know, this is a lengthy story that, uh, you know, lower in the story, you know, Karen Westall, who I had mentioned, is the, uh, is the, um, the BP you know, lawyer, the attorney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she said in her letter that they investigated these uh, allegations and, and found that they were not substantiated. But in a letter that the ombudsman sent to the whistleblower a week ago, by the way, uh, two weeks ago, forgive me, uh, he said that they were substantiated. And as you just mentioned, addressed by a BP management of document, uh, change of document. So right there you have a, you know, contradiction. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the lawyer saying one thing and, 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 and the people internally who investigated this saying another. And, and obviously, you know, we have a drilling platform out there, the world's largest, that, you know, we are being told is uh, is vulnerable, uh, 
And given what we saw in deep water, you know, uh, that's, a, that, that, that's, a, that's something to be really concerned about. Because it's one thing that you have an explosion, you know, which is, as I said, it's, you know, tragic. It's another that if you don't have those safety measures in place, uh, you know, to quickly, you know, shut down the flow of oil. Uh, uh, I mean, this is an environmental catastrophe. You know, we're still dealing with Exxon Valdez. Mm-hmm. issues. You know, this is going to be 20 years. This is not going to be, you know, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a, a cleanup that will certainly go on for quite a while, but, uh, you know, investigations and lawsuits, I mean, this is, this is going to be a long, drawn-out uh, uh, issue. And, and I think that, um, you know, the, certainly the, the, the advocacy environmental groups are correct when they say that you know, Atlantis needs to be shut down uh, until, you know, further investigation. Now, Jason, one element that I'd like you to mention here is that apparently America's favorite war profiteer, Halliburton, has had a role in some of these offshore rigs. That's right. Halliburton, (coughs) excuse me, they were the the contractor that uh, provided the... uh, uh, underwater, you know, cement uh, on this. And it looks like that, um, you know, at least according to, you know, some preliminary reports, uh, they, perf- they perform their duties, their construction, uh, in, a, in a very, you know, shoddy fashion. Uh, and so there are now questions about whether, uh, you know, the cement that they put down there is, is basically... It's used to plug a well. It, it, it's their cementing activities at the Deepwater Horizon uh, rig. And the cement is used to plug a well and, and to fill the gaps between um, what, is, uh, what is the well pipe and, and a hole uh, drilled into the ocean floor. And basically what that does is that that will prevent combustible oil and gas from es- escaping. Now, we've at least... Uh, have been told, or the, the, the allegations right now, is that there were problems um, with the cementing process and that those problems were identified as causes of the oil well blowouts. Hmm. So, um, not, not, not the explosion at the surface, but the failure at the, at the well head. Yeah. The explosion at the surface is, you know, it, it, it is absolutely, you know, uh, needs to be investigated as well. The worst part is, you know, what happens afterwards um, with regard to all the mechanisms, uh, these, these complex, you know, computerized mechanisms that are supposed to kick in, uh, you know, to basically ensure that we don't see, you know, uh, this much oil escaping, uh, and, you know, protect against a, a catastrophe. Yeah. Because this is true. This is a catastrophe. You know, as I said earlier, I mean, we're Florida, state of emergency. You know, oil has already washed up on shore. You know, so, um, so now you don't only have BP, you have uh, Dick Cheney's old company, you know. And, um, well, and, and I'm just waiting for Fox News Channel to helicopter their uh, oil expert, Sarah Palin, to the scene right, for some yeah. live shots. Yeah. 
Well, I have no doubt that, uh, you know, that, that, that she will weigh in on this. And, you know, as I said, I think that the, um, the problem, and, and, and I think that this administration is, uh, you know, the Obama administration is, is part of the problem, is, is politicizing it. I mean, you know, immediately Obama should have come out and said, you know what, drilling off, investigate. Instead, he's, you know, defending his decision, which I guess is, you know, I, I suppose it's, you know, what, what you need to do if you're a politician. Uh, but rethink what he's doing. I mean, to say that, you know, I'm for uh, drilling as long as it's done safely. Well, no shit, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and, I mean, it reminds me of what he was talking about the, um, you know, uh, uh, in, in terms of building the nuclear reactors. Another issue yeah. that he sort of uh, went back on. No, it's a giveaway. It's a pure giveaway. Yeah, but he was talking about the nuclear waste, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, when he said that he was sort of uh, on the campaign trail that he was wavering on it, mm-hmm. he said because there was no place to store the waste. Now he's saying, you know, I'm for it as long as there's a safe place to store the nuclear waste. Duh. You know, I don't even, how do you respond to that? I mean... You know, um, is there really a safe place to store the waste? I mean, they wanted to do it in Yucca Mountain. That's mm-hmm. obviously out of the question. But, you know, the point is, is that, you know, this is, this, this is a, you know, a continuous theme. And, uh, you know, this administration certainly has, has been dealt its fair share of, uh, of uh, uh, crises, uh, certainly nothing of the uh, uh, magnitude that, uh, you know, we saw in the last administration, although they, you know, they, they effed all those up. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the, the point I'm trying to make is that uh, it, it, it's all a matter of, oh, man, we can't get our bill in now. I guess we've got to, you know, back off of offshore drilling. Well, you know, I'm not quite sure how much they thought it out to begin with. Yeah. No, it was political horse trading. It was not based on science or uh, even any projections of how it might uh, help us uh, reduce our dependence on foreign oil. It's just a, a knee-jerk reaction uh, in the political arena. Right. Well, Jason, I want to thank you for another excellent investigative piece. I want to recommend it. It'll be linked at my website. It's at truthout.org, published on uh, April 30th, and we will talk again soon. Thanks so much, Peter. Jason Leopold from truthout.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Peter B. Collins Show. Fill her up, will you? Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling under